You're listening to our weekly podcast, Getting in the Word with Stuart Guthrie. Stuart is the teaching pastor of Family Bible Fellowship of Ridgeville in Early Branch, South Carolina. We hope to grow together with you, seeking real knowledge from the truth, the Word of God. Here's Stuart. Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Stuart Guthrie. Welcome to Getting in the Word. We're glad to have you this morning as, a, as we meet for our time of devotion. I pray that you're doing well and that you are staying faithfully in the Word of God. Today we got a devotion that may be a tad bit longer, but it is a very sensitive topic, one that I believe many of us, as we walk through life, we deal with. And I just want to make this an encouragement to you. And so I've entitled it, The Goodness of God. Um, and it comes from Psalm 19, 119, verse 68. And if you will, read with me. It's a very simple verse, but one that I want us to focus in on, and that is the goodness of God. It says, You are good and do good. Today, as we, as we dig into this idea of the goodness of God, into this passage, I want us to know that it's rooted in, in a certain question that has arrived recently, and that is what happens to babies when they die. This is a very sensitive topic and one for which I longed for many years ago for a biblical answer. As a pastor, I desire not only to minister to my flock that is among me, my church uh, online, but also my wife and my family. It was many years ago that my wife and I walked through a very difficult season of life. We were in the joys of expecting a child, and upon our approach, uh, we learned uh, as we awaited this latest gift of God to see if it was a boy or girl, we learned that our baby had passed away. There was no heartbeat. Listen, this was a challenging season of life. While physically demanding, um, while emotionally tricky and psychologically pressing, it was also, listen, a spiritual one, a, a, a spiritual challenge that we faced. And like so many of you, this situation that we walked through left us in a place that ultimately challenged our faith to the core. It left us with essential questions that we needed to understand and be comforted by. And I remember being given the book, Safe in the Arms of God, by Dr. John MacArthur. Great book. Encourage you to read that. But it's out of this framework that has driven this devotion today. And I pray that you will be blessed, you will be encouraged and strengthened by God's Word. The overarching theological truth that causes tension in understanding what happens to a child that passes away is rooted in the doctrine of original sin. We know and understand that the Bible is very clear and teaches that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The fact that, that Christians are imputed, listen, with the righteousness of Christ when we place our faith into Christ unto salvation... So before Christ, unfortunately, we are imputed with the sin of Adam, rendered dead in our trespasses and sin. You could say that we, in our unbelief, are in union with Adam and in need of being saved, born again from above. 
And that happens all the way from conception. That imputed sin, we are born into sin. It was Psalm 51.5 that says, and I'm reminded that David said, Behold, I was brought forth in guilt, and in sin my mother conceived me. The Bible says all of us are born sinful and thus worthy of judgment. Paul says in Ephesians 2.3 that we are by nature children of wrath. Listen, if we are indeed born as children of wrath because of sin, and the only way to be saved is through the precious blood of Christ, by faith in Christ, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, then what happened to my baby when he or she passed away because they are conceived into sin? I'm not going to go into all of the theological positions in this devotion, but I do want to give hope, as maybe you've walked through this very experience in your own life, the loss of a child is very common in the womb. And if you haven't walked through this, praise God. But I, I hope that you can see that this is an offer of hope when this kind of thing does happen in your life or in the life of someone you know. I am not satisfied by some intellectual argument. Uh, my soul is not satisfied by some progress of elimination. My soul is only satisfied in the answer that we can find from the very Word of God, which has the authority to give you true hope. I wanted to start with one scripture as an example of hope in 2 Samuel. We learn that David has had an inappropriate relationship with Bathsheba. They've conceived a son, and Nathan rebukes David. And when we come to verse 15, we learn that this child becomes very sick. And David, like any good father, prays for his son to be healed. And unfortunately, we learn that he is not healed. The servants are, of David are afraid to tell him that he has died. And in verse 19, David sees them whispering and he uh, knows and understands. And so he asks the question, is the child dead? And they responded, yes. He is dead. In verse 20, we see David arise, it says, from the ground, washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. And the text says that he came into the house of the Lord and he worshipped. Like really, that seems like an awkward time to worship. Listen, David must have understood something that we don't many times. David seems to get right back to life as usual. In verse 21, his servants are confused. They said, what thing have you done? While your child was alive, you fasted and wept. But when your child died, you rose and you ate food. Listen to the logic of David here in verse 22. He says, while the child was still alive, I fasted and I wept. For I said, who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me that the child may live. But now that he has died, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? And then he makes this statement, I will go to him, but he will not return to me. David understood that his child at his death entered into eternity with God and that one day because he too is saved, it will see him again. But the question remains is how can one who is infected 
with sin escape the wrath and justice of God. Even when that is a child or even when it is our child. I'd like to consider one passage of Scripture that I will think help settle your souls as you face the devastating blow of a death of a child. I want you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 9, verse 41. John 9, 41. John says, To those who were offended at his teachings, and he asked if they thought they were blind, he said, If you were blind, you would have not sinned. But since you say we see, your sin remains. Piper suggested, in other words, if a person lacks natural capacity to see the revelation of God's will and God's glory, then listen, that person's sin would not remain. God would not bring the person into final judgment for not believing what he had no natural capacity to see. You ask the question, well, what about Romans 1.20? The Bible says that they are without excuse because of general revelations or general revelation. Well, here in Romans 20, Paul is, is ultimately dealing with the people who have not necessarily heard the gospel, but they have indeed experienced general revelation. Meaning that the heavens declare the glory of God. Meaning they walk outside and everything they see and perceive screams that there is a God and that there is a creator. By what's been revealed in nature. The one, listen, who sees the glory of God and has the ability to know that God exists are without excuse. But a child, an infant, one that is unable to understand. Listen, those that haven't grown to the age of accountability. Those that haven't witnessed the glory of God. It would seem that they do not have the natural capacity to see and understand. They haven't even exited the womb, many of them. Therefore, Paul seems to imply that they would indeed have an excuse at the judgment. Listen, the truth is that we as human beings are under the just penalty of sin, of everlasting judgment. Because of sin, because of the imputed sin of Adam into our lives and the sinful nature that we have, God, though nevertheless only executes His judgment on those that have the natural capacity to see His glory and understand His will and refuse and accept that reality. Thus, I would conclude that children up to a certain point of age do not have that capacity. And therefore, in God's unfathomable way, he brings them under the forgiving blood of His Son by His grace. By His grace. Listen, John the Baptist was filled by the Spirit yet in his mother's womb in Luke 1.15, which gives the idea of, of, of a new life, regeneration. David wrote in Psalm 22, 9 and 10, Yet you are 
He who took me from the womb, you made me trust in you at my mother's breast. On you I was cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. God, listen, is not saving infants and unable children because they are innocent. No, they are imputed with the, with the sin of Adam. They are sinners. They are guilty. But rather what we see instead is God exercising, listen, His grace because they lack the capacity to grasp the truth revealed about Him in nature and also in His special revelation, His written word. If you were blind, John 9 says, you would, have, you would not have had sin, but since you say we see your sin remains. I believe that every child that dies will be saved, and as John MacArthur says, safe in the arms of God. Listen, you may ask because God is just. Why? Well, Psalm 119 reminds us. God, you are good, and you do good. And that is the God we worship. We don't exalt man. We're sinful, stained, separated, enmity with God. And we, in our own abilities, are, are destined for hell. But God, in His great love, can save even a child that has not seen the glory of God, that has not been exposed to the general revelation and special revelation that God has given to so many. We glorify God. We exalt God. And God is always and will always be the author of salvation. How about you that have been given general revelation, that have seen the glory of God through that which has been created? You my friend, are without excuse. And unless you believe the gospel, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But those children, by God's grace, by His mercy, has given them in to heaven, to His glory, and in His fellowship. I pray this was an encouragement to you and I pray that God would bless your day. Thank you and God bless. This has been Getting in the Word with Pastor Stuart Guthrie. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. And be sure to visit us online at familybiblefellowship.org. And come see us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m.